Hey everyone, this is Allie from Trump 101. It's our fourth episode and we decided to change things up a little bit. Yep, that's right. This episode we're interviewing our friend Avi Singh, who voted for President Trump in this past election. (laughs) Yes, they do exist in the city of San Francisco. But we really wanted the focus of this episode to be on hearing the other side. We think it would be a disservice not to listen to a different perspective, one that represents half of the electorate. Yeah, exactly. We think it's really important to hear both sides of an issue, especially from people who are the political minority in their towns. Also, heads up, this episode contains profanity and might not be suitable for young ears. Well, uh, my name's Avi, Avi Singh. I'm a kinesiology major. I uh, grew up in San Jose, California, so I'm a local boy. Uh, I spent like 90% of my time in San Francisco, so it's like a second home to me. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, and Avi, mm-hmm. you, who did you vote for? In the I way? voted, I voted for Donald Trump. I oh. shamelessly say I voted for Donald Trump. I like the shamelessly. <laughs> that makes Avi pretty unique for San Francisco. According to the SF Department of Elections, only 9% of San Franciscans voted for the Trump-Pence ticket last November. Mm-hmm. So our first question is, we live in San Francisco. We go yes. to this uh, liberal arts university in mm-hmm. San Francisco. You have to be pretty brave to be a, like out and open Trump supporter <coughs> at this school. You must have some really good reasons for this to take that risk. Um, can you tell us like what are your reasons? Why are you so vocal about being a Trump supporter? Um, well, first things first. Uh, I come from a conservative family, right? My dad's a raging conservative. So is my mom. So is my brother. So is my sister. You know, my brother's in the army and. Uh, that's sort of like like a lot of people in the army have those kinds of views and stuff. So that sort of rubbed off onto me growing up. Um, and coming here, right, we've heard a lot of stories, at least within my family, like that people share their views and stuff and they get physically assaulted for it and stuff like that. And then I was also at the, the Trump rally in San Jose. I don't know if you guys remember that, but there was like a lot of like violence there, lots of riots and stuff like that. Not riots, but lots of punching, which I saw firsthand. We begin with several developing stories here on a Friday night. First, the violent and bloody clashes outside a Donald Trump event. Protesters attacking Trump supporters. Those supporters were attacked as they left the convention center in San Jose overnight. Some punched, some chased down and beaten. Others had bottles thrown at them. And just a short time ago, Donald and Trump... And so that sort of, like, ABC made me think, you know, why should we be afraid to to put our to put our views out there, right? Because our views are just as valid as the other side's, right? And I don't want to demonize the other side because, you know, everyone just has a different way of seeing things, right? So I just thought it was wrong that we were that that my that the people that I d- identify with were being um, harassed and, and and treated poorly. So I just thought, why not? I'm going to put it out there. If something happens to me, something happens to me. Who cares? I can take care of myself. And if something does happen to me, maybe it'll speak to other people to, to be more brave and put their stuff out there. At school, have you, have you had any issues like voicing your opinions or have you ever felt demonized by having these opinions? And it kind of going back like a year or before the election, can you kind of just bring us through how your views evolved to and then after the election? Okay, uh, there's one specific example that sticks out. It was in November-ish of last year. There was like this like... It's so like right before the election or yeah, after? Yeah, oh, right, right, right before the right election. Before. Okay. Um, it was like the week before we voted, I think. Um, 
so there's this like spoken word lyricist lounge type thing on campus. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. So I went to one, right? Just because my friend was doing it and he said, hey, I don't want to do it alone. Can you come with me? So I'm like, sure. So everyone's getting all political and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say what 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 I think. Right. People are saying, you know, fuck America and fuck the police and stuff like that. Right. And that really bothered me because, you know, America's my home and um, I have a brother who's in the army. So army police uniform, it's a thing I respect. Uh, so I thought, you know, I'm going to go up there and, and calmly not, you know, vul- not with any vulgarity or anything, share my views. So I did. You know, I wrote something right there and I, and I went up and I said it. One, first thing, I garnered three claps out of a, a group of like 100 people. Three people clapped. And then the, the the host of it came up and said, hey, it's not okay to tell other people what to think and stuff like that. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's what you're doing right now. So why is it wrong for me to do it? Then apparently someone reported me and to my bosses and stuff. And I almost lost my job because of that. And, you know, I had to have like conduct meetings and like, rep, you know, recommendations and stuff like that. So eventually I just sucked it up and said, okay, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I want to keep my job because, you know, I need In the moment, it's more important than... Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was like, it's, it's not worth it to, to go through with that. And I, I shared this with my dad, right? And, um, you know, he's like, you know, I'm glad no violence or anything happened. He's like, but, you know, this, this job you have really helps us, you know, financially and stuff. So just keep your mouth shut, keep your head down, and, and don't say anything. You know, wow. just keep your views to yourself because... Is really going to affect you in the future. Do you remember any of um, like any of the details of what you wrote when you went up there? Um, it was very patriotic. I can tell you that. I didn't even mention Trump once, though. That's the thing. I, I, I specifically said I'm going to refrain from talking about you know the the election and the presidency. It was mostly something about um, about like supporting police officers and stuff like that because I'm a huge huge uh, police supporter. So it was all about that. And then I ended with like a lot of things about we need to come together as people and like stop, you know, fighting because we think differently. And I also said things like, you know, my, my last line was God bless America. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, the last line you always want to be like a like something that stays with people. And then after I said God bless America, three people clapped and they were my three friends who came to see me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going into... So like I told you I want to touch on before, like PC culture at universities. Yeah. Um, like, wow, that's that's an extreme example. Mm-hmm. We followed up with Avi afterwards to see what exactly he read at the Lyricist Lounge. Here's what he said. Apologies for this. I wrote it on short notice. I'm trying to talk hot topics, but refrain from who's going to be our next POTUS. So this first small stanza is just to establish what my flow is and to tell you I have a different way of thinking, and I just thought you all should know this. Now you may see what I have to say is a bit radical, especially after hearing other perspectives, mine may seem a bit paradoxical. My views are my views, I'll put them out there and they're not retractable, so if your feelings get hurt, I suggest you take a 10 minute sabbatical. You always hear it from the left, now let's hear it from the right wing, a conservative brown man scarcely than a KKK sighting. You may hate me after this and label me a racist for, te- for taking the time to talk true allegations, but I want to expose you to the truth of another thought basis because you haven't had to face the faces of anything while you're hiding in your safe spaces. So let's start with this. Slavery was awful, but today's generation is delirious. Y'all want reparations for something you never experienced. You can't blame a child for the sins of the father, so why hate a son or a daughter born generations after the slaughter? 
Violence through riots after you protest the boys in blue. But when the shooting starts, they're the ones protecting you. Y'all made it black versus white, but couldn't appreciate being lent a slight hand. But most don't realize the slave trade was started by an African and ended by a white man. It's the same populist that complains about stop and frisk, that stomp the stars and stripes and want to blow up Washington's obelisk, playing the victim but still trying to put the heads of pigs on a stick, but they don't realize they're nothing but the victims of left-winged politics. What happened to MLK striving for a colorblind society, but he turns in his grave because his teachings were burned when people started rioting. It's now, time to make us or break us, but as one single people. Let's focus on what we have in common and not what's around us that's evil. We're morphing into a godless society where the strong man takes away from the feeble. But if, we, but if we accept God together, then in his eyes we all get treated as equals. I know what you're thinking. This guy's ignorance is limitless. But only by seeing both sides of the argument can we reach a reasonable synthesis. You tell me you don't want to hear another perspective. But that's not an act of justice. It's nothing more than regressive. The truth is, when people hear my views, they tend to get hostile. But I'm ready to defend them, even if I have to bleed from both nostrils. I'm sorry if you're offended. Instead of being fake, I'd rather show you all of me. In no way do I regret it because honestly, honesty is the best policy. Now I feel like I've been going on for eons, so let me end on something we can all agree on. Everything's negative now. People are heartless voids and vacuums. But men are still good. We can do better. We have to. But you know, I'm not going to stop there. My father told me I'm outnumbered, but I'm not scared. I get your grievances, the new ones and the ones I heard today. But those who disrespect the stars and stripes have never been handed a folded one. I love my country. I'm not afraid to say it. I'm willing to listen to all of you. I'll open my ears and be patient. I'm sorry if there are injustices happening that are scaring you. But this country gave me everything I have. God bless America. Trump campaigned against PC culture and he spoke out against it. Do you find it to be an issue at this university? And maybe have you had any experiences where you've had issues with it? Um, well, yeah, there's that one that example, one, of course. Yeah. But um, again, usually I just try to keep my head down and, and not engage in political discussions and stuff. But um, I definitely do think PC culture is going a little, a little too far because, you know, sometimes you can't say things that are the truth. Right. Or even like things that like have cer- have some evidence to back it up. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't say certain things because it offends someone. Right. And I've made it a personal goal and I've sort of pretty much reached it like to never get offended by anything because, you know, if, if someone says something that's offensive, it could be either the truth or it could be completely wrong. Right. So it, it's it's a matter of um, there's a saying by this one. Uh, this one guy I follow on a lot of talk shows and stuff. Facts don't care about your feelings. Ben Shapiro. Yes, Ben Shapiro. Yes, Shapiro. Thank you. No Ben Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the warning. This exercise may make some people on the left a little upset. It may trigger some people. It may be construed as a microaggression. So there's your warning. If you don't like it, you can leave now. Facts tend to do that to people. And, uh, you know, the good news is facts don't care about your feelings, as I'm fond of saying, and neither do I. So... Um, but yeah, you know, the facts don't care about your feelings. There's what exists and there's what you feel. And they're two very separate things. And yeah, I guess you can have certain feelings about certain things, but that doesn't change the facts, you know? Yeah. So. I'm thinking back to, um, parts of Trump's campaign that like there weren't a lot of facts, mm-hmm. that it was a lot of feelings. Um, and 
when there were facts, they were alternative facts. Um, mm -hmm. How how did uh, that part aspect of his campaign make you feel? And do you think that that's like a valid critique of Trump that like his inaugurational numbers, um, Bowling Green? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you do? Do you even try to do you defend that? Do you think it's okay? I mean the, the wiretapping. Yeah, Obama. yeah, yeah. What, like, what do you think about that? All right. So I'm not going to lie. I think Trump's a little bit of a nutcase. I'm not going to lie. Right. Like I support him at one because he's our president. Even if Hillary was our president, I would still support her because if she does well, the country does well. Right. So but like I did vote for him. Um, he wasn't my first choice. Who was? Ted Cruz was my first choice. Okay. I was I was much more in line with his views and stuff. And, um, you know, when I was watching the debates and stuff, Trump was just, you know, just screaming at people and wasn't really saying anything important. <laughs> so, um I'm fair. Like, if, mm -hmm. if he says something wrong, I'll definitely go against it, which yeah. he definitely has said some wrong things. But um, and I just one thing I, I really connected on with him on was his absolute love for the country. You'll be so proud. Again, it's my honor. It was an amazing evening. It's been an amazing two year period. And I love this country. Thank you. Thank you very much. A lot of people on the left, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure that um, it's not shared by all people on the left, right? A lot of people on the left say things like "fuck America," you know, and and I just I just don't appreciate that. If you have, you know, grievances and concerns about this country, you know, that's patriotic, you know, bringing things up that that you don't like and think that things that could be fixed and proposing solutions to those those problems. I'm I'm all for that, you know. That's that's part of the democratic process, but to to just bash this country for absolutely no reason that i think is just outright dumb mm -hmm. right for absolutely no reason or for for reasons that aren't you know backed by evidence or research and and when i look at trump i see someone who just loves this country and wants to fix fix what he sees wrong with this country and he's proposing solutions granted they're not the best solutions but he's proposing solutions he's uh he's he's actually passionate about fixing this country and on top of that you know he has the most comfortable life ever before running for president right he had the most comfortable life but he stepped out of that and and came into a life where he's constantly ridiculed constantly attacked constantly threatened because he thinks that there's something wrong with this country so that sort of spoke to me it said you know he's dedicated to to fixing what he sees wrong and that's one of the main reasons why I, I put my support behind him did you not see hillary having the same love for the country or what i guess my, maybe my question is what what made you choose him over hillary um, well obviously i did agree with some of his policies more than i agreed with with hillary's policies okay um and then just on her side it wasn't so much her i mean i just it's it's a thing like I don't like the Clintons really mm -hmm. you know there's all they're they're <laughs> I, in this one show I watched someone said the Clintons are like herpes just when you think they're gone they keep coming back right <laughs> um, so I'm not really a huge fan of the Clintons and and um, there was the whole you know Benghazi thing and and corruption and all that within the the Clinton uh, foundation and stuff so that sort of veered me away from her. Um, and then, like I said, I chose Trump just because I saw that ex that 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 want and that that need to go the extra mile for the country. Something I didn't think Hillary was going to do. Um, did any of Trump's scandals that happened kind of prior to his campaign, or during his campaign, or right now during his campaign, have did they ever kind of were they ever off-putting enough to make you kind of second guess? Yeah, but like the Hollywood him? Access tapes. Like grab by the pussy is what comes to mind. I mean, certainly every every single you know, even though Trump's not a politician, anyone who gets involved in politics, there will be dirt on them. 
right? And there's dirt on absolutely everyone, including all of us and everyone in that room. And um, and yes, certainly the whole grab them by the pussy thing, that's gross, you know? You don't want to hear that from anyone. But at the same time, like, 90% of guys I know talk like that. So wow, it wasn't really I hope they thing. don't. That, that was true. I mean, that, 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 was a little, that was a little far, for sure. But, like, um, you know, a lot of guys I know talk like that. And I don't find it nice at all. I don't, I don't find it good at all. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. Do yeah, that was that one. That one was a little disturbing to me, but I didn't think that changed his ability to do the job, you know. And then plus that was like what ten years ago when he was like a celebrity and not into politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So definitely on both sides, there were there was a lot of issues, and yes, there were a lot of issues on Trump's sides for sure. But um, again, I just found it like the lesser of two evils. No scandal was gonna be so much the to kind of the deal breaker yeah, yeah. and what i guess my question is what would he have to do to make you not support him um so going back to the the tapes uh if like there was proof that he actually did something like that i mean he said it for sure there's no denying that but if he actually like there was proof that he actually sexually assaulted or raped someone that's a deal breaker for sure in total president trump has been accused of either sexual assault or sexual harassment by at least 15 different women since the 1980s Three of these women have filed lawsuits, all of which were eventually settled or withdrawn. In a 2005 interview with Howard Stern, Trump admitted to walking into the dressing rooms of Miss Universe pageant contestants. To do that, so so you have done that. Now, tell well, me I'll what tell you the funniest is that I'll go backstage before a show. Yes, and everyone's getting dressed and ready and everything else, and you know, no men are anywhere. And I'm allowed to go in because I'm the owner of the pageant, and therefore I'm inspecting it. You know, I'm inspecting. Right, I want right. to make sure that like everything is good. You're, you're there. Yeah, the dress is. everyone okay? You know, <laughs> yeah. they're standing there with no clothes. Is everybody okay? And you see these incredible-looking women, and so I sort of get away with things like that. But... Um, I want to go back to some more of like Trump's policies that he ran on um, to come to office. Uh, the like number one that people think of is build that wall, build that build wall. Build that wall. <laughs> um, do you? Yeah. Do you think? Uh, you think that's a good idea? Are you in support of that? I'm in support of the wall, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Um, what do you say to claims that it's, like, a lot of money for um, something that most people fly into the country mm-hmm. illegally to begin with, um, and it's, like, money that could be spent on other things besides a wall that really wouldn't keep that many people out to begin with? Yeah. Um, well, I don't have a source for this. I should have sourced this before, but I did read somewhere that overall we spend you know, a certain amount of money, like a certain billions amount of money on uh, on support for, for illegal immigrants and stuff, right? And then the wall equates to a certain amount of money, but over overall, it would um, it would balance out, right? I don't remember the numbers. Uh, I should have looked that up before I came here. Although Avi didn't address the issue of how effective the wall will be, here's what we think he was referring to number-wise. President Trump cited that $113 billion is spent supporting undocumented immigrants by the United States. This number came from FAIR, a group that supports building the wall, though. However, the Heritage Foundation, a conservative think tank, estimated a lesser $85 billion. However, how much taxpayers' dollars is spent on undocumented immigrants is really iffy. These people typically don't declare themselves to the government, and it's hard to get accurate numbers on them. Reuters predicts the wall will cost $21.6 billion. 
So the wall does cost less than what undocumented immigrants cost the United States. But again, all of this is assuming that the wall will actually decrease illegal immigration. But to me, the kind of the build the wall and make Mexico pay for it kind of seems um, demeaning in a way. Mm -hmm. And do you find it demeaning or do you find it kind of... uh, And also Mexico is one of our greatest kind of allies too in the region yeah so i guess the to me it's the message it sends is is really demeaning do you do you find it demeaning or what um not really because see the thing is when i go to again like we all go to sleep at night we're locking our doors and stuff right and then you know some people live in gated communities and things like that and i don't think it's necessarily demeaning i think it's just you know a, a just a way to to protect right it's 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 again it's that whole America first thing. We got to take care of ourselves before we can take care take care of anyone else, right? And I see what you mean when you say um, you don't want like completely open borders and stuff, but there should be something there. Um, but it's it's important that we have that we have some sort of structure in place because you know we can't man the entire border, right? There's obviously natural barriers. And there's obviously like you know like border border patrol agents and stuff like that. But um, and then, you know, I, I, I also know that there's um, like the majority of illegal immigrants are like overstayed visas and stuff like that. But there's also the the risk of um, one, you know, narcotics and drugs and stuff. And then and then gangs. Right. MS-13 only has a presence in America because of, you know, illegal border crossings and stuff like that. So I think um, I think it'll definitely help uh, in a sense. And. I see why you think it's demeaning. I definitely do. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to upset some people to, to stay safe. I mean, I don't, f- when I walk outside, I don't feel like I'm going to be killed by an illegal immigrant or a Muslim terrorist, you know. And, I mean, yes, there there are uh, terrorist attacks that happen, you know, in, in America, but it doesn't seem to be an existential problem that we're facing. Mm-hmm. So I just personally don't see the need to, like, shut down cover up like put batten down the hatches yeah um so the way i see it is we don't hear about a lot of the potential ones right because we have amazing men and women who are you know overseas fighting for us and even here you know patrolling our streets and stuff so a lot of so like i have the utmost faith in those people right to protect us but there's always the potential you know and and granted this is like I guess, fear-mongering from media and, and politicians and stuff like that. So uh, to answer your question, where it comes from, is it's just, I guess you could say it's from, you know, people saying things like, um, oh, this could happen, or like, we've seen this happen. Even though, like, those those attacks are far and few between, thank God, mm-hmm. um, they still do happen, right? And it can happen with the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Um because, you know, national security has always been a very crucial yeah. issue. Um, but, you know. Um, everyone sees things differently. That's part of the college experience, right? The whole idea of college is you come here to challenge your views, right, and to learn new things. Right. And, and, and by brainwashing sort of people to think that um, you're either uh, a liberal or you're freaking Hitler. Right. If you're if it's like one or the other, then 
then that doesn't create any progress. That doesn't create any intellectual challenge. It just, you know, makes things worse for everyone because everyone gets affirmed and validated and thinks that they're right. And then they don't see things any other way. And then it all just goes downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think we need to realize that personal and social connections transcend politics, right? Like, you know, it, it doesn't like, for example, you going, coming back to you and I, right? You're in trouble. I don't give a shit that you're a liberal or a conservative, right? I'm going to help you if you need help, right? And then I'm sure it works both ways, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm in trouble, I'm sure you'd step in and help. So it's just about seeing the person first and not the uh, not their their political counterpart, if that makes sense. We're just because we're all people. We're all in, you know, we're all in this together, right? It's it's we're all Americans. We're all human beings, right? So there's there's no point of creating. Um, a divisive nature between us because that just doesn't get anything done. So it starts on a personal level. Thank you for listening to the fourth episode of Trump 101, the podcast where we tell the stories of university community members affected by the Trump administration. You can listen to more of our work at Trump101podcast.com and follow us at Trump101podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes at Trump101. Special thanks to Avi Singh for sitting down with us. Thank you to the University of San Francisco Media Lab for providing the studio and equipment. And thank you to Tin Din for graphic design and Maloney for music. You can view more of their work at our website, Trump101podcast.com. News clips are provided by The Washington Post, New York Times, YPG News, CNN, ABP News, YAF-TV News, and ABC News. Thank you to our listeners. Tune in next week to hear our interview with Aaron Clark, a USF student from Kuwait. You'll hear him sit down with Ali to talk LGBT issues in Kuwait and the U.S.